Hello and welcome back to My Spouse Made Me Watch It. I am Katie. And I'm Justin. And this is the show where we make our spouse watch movies. That they haven't seen. That we like. And hopefully they do too. But sometimes they don't. Usually Katie. (laughs) You did not like bringing it up. That's true. (laughs) There's only been one so far that I didn't like. That's Fight Club. Yep. And there's only been one so far that you didn't like. Let's, Let's bring, bring it, it on. on. That's so, true. That's true. We're we're going pretty good. We're <laughs> <laughs> and we are back tonight to watch a another I decided to give the teen movie another shot for you, Justin. Uh so you weren't that impressed with Bring It On. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm bringing at you today another teen movie. What are we watching tonight, Justin? Bring it on again. No, we're not. <laughs> I, even I don't want to watch Bring It On Again. Uh, no, we are watching The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yes, we are. So I um, read this book in either late in high school or early in college. And that was like really close to the time frame when it's like, oh, we're going to make a movie. So I didn't have the experience of other fans of like being like, oh, when is this? movie going to come out uh so i was very excited when i saw it and i really liked it i was i was a satisfied book to movie mm-hmm. um viewer reader consumer <laughs> i don't know what the phrase mm-hmm. uh, would be for that but i really like this movie so i'm excited for you to watch it so justin what do you know about perks of being a wallflower um i know that emma watson is in it okay and she is the person that plays hermione and she's british but i don't think she is in this movie okay how do you think that's gonna go have you seen emma watson anything else where she isn't british besides harry potter i don't think i have like period I don't think so. Oh, what else? Okay. What's another example of her in something that's not Harry Potter? Uh, she was in the Beauty and the Beast remake. I didn't see that. Uh, she was in this movie called The Circle. I remember the trailer. I can't for remember that, if she was British can't remember, or not in it. Yeah, and I can't remember <laughs> what her voice sounds like at all <laughs> in that movie. Okay, so for you, this will be the first time encountering Emma Watson since Harry Potter. Basically, yes. Oh, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you what? What do you think? Do you think the Harry Potter people? Do you think it's possible for them as actors to like shake off the? Not that they aren't all very talented, but when you mm-hmm. and they have like grown up watching them be one thing, I think it's very challenging for them to shake that and for you mm-hmm. to see them as something else. Yeah, I do think that is hard. I can't remember. I feel like I've seen Daniel Radcliffe in a couple of things where I thought he was good. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Did it feel like watching Daniel Radcliffe do something, though, or did it feel like watching Harry Potter do something? I think it felt like <laughs> watching Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> who you think of as Harry, Harry Potter. Potter, do something. I look at him go, blind in those horses. <laughs> Completely nice, naked. Nice equestrian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would have been a good role 
cool to see him in. Yeah. All right. So you know that Emma Watson is in it. Anything else? Uh, I'm guessing it's like an angsty movie. Angsty? Okay. Where like the... Is that the genre? Yeah. Angst. Angsty teen movie. Angsty teen. Okay. I would imagine the term wallflower is comes from people at dances that mm-hmm. don't dance. Yeah. So this is like, I imagine something along the lines of, this is just a, a plot structure guess, which I feel like a lot of my guesses fall into this kind of <laughs> reasoning. I'm guessing that it's like angsty kids be angsty and think that they are like actually the woke ones of all the other kids Mm -hmm. but then throughout the progression like one of them starts to like actually want to take things more seriously and not think that everything is not look at everything cynically and then it culminates in like them like getting upset with one another and then living separate lives for a short period of time before they're reunited, having grown as people. (laughs) (laughs) That's my guess. Think there's any other genres besides angsty tea that might go into it? Any other genre guesses? Um... I don't know. Like, I'd be very surprised if it was like a vampire movie. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I mean, like Ezra Miller could be a good vampire. Like general general comedy. Okay. Like teen. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think on the raunchy on like talking about like a teen movie? Do you think this is going to be in like the raunchy zone of Bring It On? Or less than, similar to, in the middle, if Bring It On is a 10. Bring It On is not a 10. Of PG-13? PG-13. I don't know. It depends, this is rated PG-13. Depends on for, the, the for ti- reference. Yeah, it depends on the type of raunchiness. But like when I think of like a raunchy teen movie, I think of like, like American, American Pie. Pie. Yeah. Okay, so 10 being American Pie and of uh, six being bring it on are you taking issues with my scale again <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like a like my point about bring it on wasn't that uh it was super raunchy it was just that it like totally played into the raunchiness mm-hmm. and you're like this is a sports movie about <laughs> athletes <laughs> And it was like, they literally have like people doing like stripper moves. <laughs> okay, how many scenes of stripper moves do you think there will be in this movie? Uh, I don't think there will be any specifically stripper moves, but I. Can I get a nipple count? For a PG 13 movie? Yeah, there were a lot of nipples in Bring It On. <laughs> I don't know if oh, you remember. Like, like <laughs> through the shirt nipples, not fully exposed not areola. Fully area. <laughs> Not fully exposed areoli. Um, <laughs> is that what multiple of areolas? I have no areoli? idea. 
Um, I don't want to put a firm count on the record. Uh, we'll we'll say one and a half. One and a half. Because uh, that, that makes it very hard to quantify. Oh, that would be a, a uh, great plot point. <laughs> one of the kids is insecure about their half nipple. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, like, I, I think if it's got raunchiness, it's raunchiness in the same way that, like, kid, Friends with Kids breaks the mold. Mm-hmm. And that it's just, it just sounds like, it'd be, it'd be like super bad. Like, super bad's the far end scale of, like, what you expect high schoolers to be saying in a movie. Mm-hmm. But it's way more close to, like, what you actually hear if you go to high school every day. Yeah. You know? So it's like not often depicted in movies, but uh, is like how children actually talk. I don't know if the, the if this will be like that. I think this will be a little bit more along the lines of like idealized youth. Okay. Like idealized youth experience from the perspective of the outsider. Like this feels like a very like john green-esque type of high schoolers Mm, okay yes i'd say it's more in that i thought you were gonna say for a second uh so the person who originally wanted to make this movie uh closer to when the book came out uh was john hughes okay so so similar type of um not to give anything away from me, but (laughs) similar type of uh like i might be i might be striking the same type of vein is that when it's set? Is it an eighties movie? Um, kind of. It's set in nineteen ninety two, so like aesthetically, it still feels. Even though it's the nineties, it still feels okay. very eighties mm-hmm. uh, because it was set so early in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the further we get from the nineties, while people think that the nineties happened, I really think the nineties was just eighties lagging on and then mm-hmm. early two thousands starting. Yep, basically. <laughs> Because I feel like there's a big distinct, like, as soon as the computers come in, like, that's, like, what's going to uh-huh. bring you through those early 2000s. Yeah, I think this, you'll probably find, has, in the realm of teen movies, feels more similar to a John Hughes teen movie, mm-hmm. to the teen movies of the 80s, than those 2000s, Bring It Ons, and mm-hmm. Save the Last Dance and whatnot. Well, Good. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> You're into it? <laughs> I, I much prefer a John Hughes movie. <laughs> All uh, right. So we got uh showing you the box. We mm-hmm. got three little three little characters right there. Which of these do you think is the protagonist? Oh. I've always assumed Emma Watson was the protagonist. Okay. Um so if I'm designing this cover, um the guy on the left is definitely the least important person in this picture. Ezra Miller? That's Ezra Miller? I'm sorry, Ezra Miller. The guy on the left is Ezra Miller? Your left or my left? The guy on your left is Ezra Miller. Oh. The guy on the right was the one that I... Beautiful ethnic blend over here is Ezra Miller. The guy on the right is the guy... Yes, so he does look familiar from, like, maybe being in like a trailer for flash or something i i guess i can kind of see that the guy on the right's the one that i that i feel like i recognize oh, okay this guy on the right is logan lerman 
What's he in? Uh, do you need me to pull up some IMDb? <laughs> well, I need to pull it up anyway to... Okay. Well, you start looking for your review, and I will pull up his filmography. Oh, he's in Fury. Percy Jackson. It's Percy Jackson. Oh, that's, that's what you remember him from? Yeah, it's okay. Percy yep, Jackson. Percy Jackson. Those movies are not good. They aren't. But he's also in Fury. Fury was really good. It was oh. intense. He was in Noah. They were. That means this is his... Oh, no, I guess this came first, but he had a second shot to at acting alongside Emma Watson. And I also forgot until I saw that that Emma Watson was also in Noah. Was that the, um, oh, the Darren Aronofsky movie? Um, Is that who, who made that one? I don't know. I never saw it. I just remember thinking it was weird that Emma Watson was in it. Uh, he's in 310 to Yuma. Okay. 310 to Yuma is really good, too. The number 23. Yeah, okay, so... Oh, so, he was in The Butterfly Effect. He was young Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> so so that, that just gets to, to my point. Uh, the two people on the right feel much more... Important. Important <laughs> on this box cover. Okay. If that is not the case, this was a very poorly designed box cover. I assumed the movie was from Emma Watson's perspective, but the other guy has a lot of credits too, and he is the first build up top. I thought it was left to right build with Emma Watson in the middle, uh. and I was like, guy on the left doesn't like, don't recognize his name, don't recognize his face, totally not important. So Emma Watson must be the important one in the middle. But now if it's top build left to right and then right to left on the cover art. They're in the order of importance. <laughs> like, like, yeah, then then like because there is kind of a, a slanted vibe looking at the cover like the tall Ezra Miller dude is on the left. Um, but like he's being encroached on by all the text. But then then it just your eye naturally falls to the other two. Mm -hmm. So I feel like. I feel like I might be playing it up a lot, but you're gonna go if if Ezra Miller again, Logan. Yeah, there. if Ezra Miller is the main character, I, I You'll would be, be surprised. <laughs> All right. Do you remember uh, ever hearing about this book? Or well, let's go. Do you remember ever hearing about the book before it was a movie? Huh. I not that I can recall. Possibly at the time, but not that I can oh. recall. Do you remember the trailers for this? <sighs> not really. All right. I probably saw them, uh -huh. but not really. <laughs> this trailer was like the first time I was introduced to Imagine Dragons, and it seemed like that song was just inescapable. Like was, I was first it the it's time to begin. That yeah. one. It was like it was in this trailer and then it was escapable for like two years. Oh yeah, it was all over it the place. It was awful. All right. Whew. Do you gotta Honestly though, I think that might be better than all of the other songs we've been subjected to for the rest of time. That's true. Pop has taken a really weird turn. <laughs> Have you listened to the radio lately? <laughs> no, I don't listen to the radio. The wild place. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Justin, do you have any other plot predictions that you would like to make before we get to your IMDb review? Um, 
Not that I can think of it. I do find it interesting. Hold that back up again. I do find it interesting that he's wearing a tie. And so, like, but the other two aren't dressed in the same way. Hmm. Why is that? If this was a private school, they would all be wearing uniforms. Ezra Miller is just wearing a t-shirt. And like a cool little like Yeah, but that's not bomber. that's not a school uniform. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's for sure not a school uniform. So why is this other guy wearing a tie? And a jacket. And a jacket. He's got a whole look. How old is he? Is he the teacher? Is she macking on the teacher? You think Logan Lerman is these two's teacher? <laughs> that's what, that's it's what like I, a Doogie Hauser situation. He's like a a child genius genius teacher. The, a child genius that just wants to teach AP bio. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe he's just the weird kid that dresses up every day. I mean, that kid is exists. Yeah, that the and they're, they're usually pretty cool people but they're a little eccentric um i was in student council with a guy that carried a briefcase and newspaper and wore like ties every day interesting in high school the carrying the newspaper makes it sound like his dream was to be like a stockbroker in the 80s <laughs> except in the well, 2000s in he, surprise arizona <laughs> he would he would pick up the paper every morning and read it throughout the day like a he was like a little old man what an interesting fellow yeah he was very smart he wrote all of the bylaws for the student council and then me and him mainly him but i like backed him on it like on <laughs> he said yeah what that what the guy wearing the tie said <laughs> exactly he he wrote like a proposal to use the because we had something like thirty thousand dollars just sitting in our student council account that's something to to think about if you go to a big high school there's probably a significant amount of money for like events sitting in an account earmarked for the student council so like since that was just always there and in theory would just continue to grow unless we just like spent it on something superfluous um, he he wrote a thing to have us like do a scholarship, like a thousand dollar scholarship to one senior for four years every year. So it'd be at at the max, it'd be a four thousand dollar cost mm -hmm. to, and uh, er, the like it lost in a vote in student council, and we were like super pissed because we were like was it supposed to go to a student council member no a, no just like like just the student council will award a senior yes, scholarship well, that's a very nice use of that isn't that a great use of the funds it was like this is just a way to like uh you could have more under the sea junk at your under the sea prom or somebody could yes or, or like buy their books somebody can write uh you know write like a little letter apply for the scholarship and then as a student council once it you know, once a year we award it to a graduating senior. Sounded like a great idea. And uh yeah. So after after it didn't that this was like in the spring of our mm -hmm. student council year. Uh after it didn't go through, me and Manny in protest stopped going to the student council room during like cause it was during a period. 
So like we just didn't go to the student council like third period. You just cut class. And and we would just go to the library and we just hung out in the library. It was like our protest of like this was a great idea to leave a legacy and to promote education and you guys ruined it. That's a good too as like a you know how sometimes like the senior class has like a senior gift yeah. to the school. That that's actually a meaningful one. I know. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, this guy is just like so much of an adult and we like everybody He's living else... over here in the year three thousand we're just <laughs> uh so that's that i think that's this that's guy this guy yeah, okay i think that... so now that you've like so thoroughly analyzed what these children are wearing <laughs> yes does that make you feel any differently about your prior plot structure guess do you want me to wait a second what you said maybe they're at a dance Oh, <laughs> they could be at a dance. It's the name. It's the clothes. I think that picture is about a dance. Okay. Do you think this whole movie is now centered around a dance? Um, is the dance it could be, meaningful? It could very well be like a senior prom. They agree to go together and not dance kind of thing. Okay. But then like. So in that in that scenario, then I would guess that maybe it isn't in Emma Watson's perspective, just because there's another guy character. I don't know. It's a lot to analyze, but it could be like a let's go to the dance. Maybe they go to all the dances and don't dance and hang out and be wallflowers, um, and then one of them decides that they really love to dance. <laughs> Do you think maybe I tricked you into another dance movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh so bring it on is a dance movie yes no victory <laughs> i just know that you have a very particular dislike towards watching other people dance <laughs> i just like a dance recital like in that like i had fun <laughs> Like I don't mind dirty dancing. Are you about to, oh, I thought you were about to tell me that you were in a dance recital once no. and I was very excited. Like dirty dancing is like an entertaining movie. That type of chore choreographed dance is fun to watch. But like a dance routine or dance recital like does nothing for me. It's absolutely like miserable. And I feel like a lot of the cheerleading you see in movies is much more of a dance recital. It's like we are all facing the same direction and look at us do our routine instead of like, like in a musical where they have a big musical dance number and they're running across rooftops and I don't know. I'm just thinking of the chimney sweeps in. I thought you are thinking about West Side Story. <laughs> or West Side Story. Yes. Yeah, like there's, there's some, uh, there's just some fun, like movement through mm -hmm. scenery and like that can be fun, but as an artistic, like art form, it doesn't, I'm not signing yeah. up to watch an hour of Dance. people dressed in black with harsh top down lighting on them. <laughs> that top down lighting. All right, Justin, mm -hmm. do you have your IMDb review? Yeah. Um, so I know we go about this a little differently. You usually pick like a five star 
I usually just go straight to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> um, so one headline says first world problems, the movie, um, which if it's about high schoolers in high school in the U S in the nineties, then yeah. Like that's <laughs> pretty like, par for the course. Like what could, what else could the movie be about? Like it's not going to be about the opium epidemic. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, these are just like kids in high school in the nineties when like the world was at an all time high of like financial means and mm-hmm. output. Uh, it's probably going to be pretty surface level. Like not, they're not worrying about putting food on the, the table. table. <laughs> um, so this one says uh, overrated 8.0. Really? No, no, no. I am 100% convinced that many of the 10 star reviews are written by people working for the company that made this film. John Malkovich? <laughs> That's He's why. writing all of these? Did John Malkovich make this film? I think it's his production company. Oh, interesting. That's why I'm giving this one star to compensate because really this movie should score five or maybe 5.5. Hey, so this could be either of our reviews. It could. Uh, I hate it when commercial incentives ruin a scoring system like this, although I can't say I'm surprised. As for the movie, it's mediocre. Not bad, not good, but just read some of the five-star, just read some of the five-star reviews here. They mostly explain this movie correctly. I'm not going to bother. <laughs> Did I find this review helpful? No, thumbs down. <laughs> he just told me to go to other reviews. Not helpful. Ooh, there was an option to see all of his reviews. Oh, man. I want to see what that guy who kept going on about sliders <laughs> two and four. I want to see what other things he's reviewed. When do you think he reviewed Perks of Being a Wallflower? This year. 2017 (laughs) the only other movies oh my goodness this is too good the only other movies he has reviewed swiss army man i've never heard of it oh oh yes no this is the one with uh (laughs) this is the one with daniel radcliffe (laughs) oh this is where um he befriends or like he's the dead body that somebody befriends you remember that? Mm, it's like really, really avant-garde. The, the next one he's reviewed is called Justice. Uh, and this might be telling. He rated it five stars when it's got an average of four. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he's rated The Shack. And he's rated The Young Messiah. <laughs> okay. So, so da- a Daniel Radcliffe movie called Swiss Army Men justice about the u.s marshals that is overall a bad movie that he thought was better than it deserved the perks of being a wallflower the shack the young messiah so two like b-list christian movies interesting and fear the walking dead that's it those are that's <laughs> everything that he's rated if you're perks of what, being wait, the well, wallflower how did he rate fear the walking dead this is gonna say a lot about Eight out of ten. Oh my goodness. We can't trust anything this man says. <laughs> uh, all right. And that that's the review. If you want to find it yourself, uh it his name is Asbajek. 
A-S-P-E-G-I-C dash 76734. So check it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, if you would like to watch along with us, go ahead and pause the episode now and crack open your old DVD box. Take out Perks of Being a Wallflower. Pop it into your device. (laughs) (laughs) Are you struggling to remember how DVDs work? (laughs) I'm struggling really hard to remember how DVDs work. Okay, no. Here's the real solution. Go to iTunes. Go to iTunes. Rent Perks of Being a Wallflower. Use the voice button on your streaming stick. (laughs) Say, Perks of Being a Wallflower. And it will do all the work for you. (laughs) You. And then we will be back. All right, welcome back. We have just watched The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Hopefully you did too, but if not, Justin, could you give the listeners a short synopsis? Yes. Um, Kid starts going to high school and doesn't have any friends, and then he decides to hang out with the weird guy from his shop class. Um, and the weird guy's sister, and he likes hanging out with them, and then you find out he doesn't have any friends uh, because his best friend killed himself. Spoiler alert. Oh, yes. Spoiler alerts for all of this. (laughs) (laughs) And then he, they, uh, both of them are graduating, and he's a freshman, and so... They're dealing with that, and he likes the sister. Um, and then, like, as it's getting closer and as they leave, like, his depression and mental health stability worsen. And, like, the whole time you know that his aunt has, like, died, but then you find out that his aunt had molested him, and he blames her for blames himself for her death and has kind of repressed the molestation. Um, And he's re-hospitalized for trying to commit suicide and goes through several months of therapy, but ends seemingly moving on the right track. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're always a big fan of uh, characters seeking therapy. Mm -hmm. I feel like so frequently whenever we're watching a movie or a TV show, you're just like, this person needs therapy. This wouldn't be happening if this person gone to therapy. <laughs> I think one of the things I said beforehand was uh, that it felt very, or that that it might seem kind of John Green-esque. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that is true to the point that I'm sure that, this book was of some level of influence on John Green. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause it's like some inspiration. Yeah. You got a bit of the manic p- pixie girl archetype and uh, the like lonely, depressed outsider with mental health issues. And, uh, and I, I appreciate a good story delving into mental health issues in an honest way so so overall i think it was really good 
Overall a fan. Overall so a fan. So your to remind you of your plot, your plot uh, mm-hmm. prediction. Uh, so we had angsty kids being angsty. So there is a lot of angst. That checks. Yeah, yeah it checks. Ang- angsty kids being angsty. Was it a little, was it more, I don't know, was it more or less merited angst than the guy whose review was like, first world problems led you to believe? Yeah, yeah. I, um, at least for, yeah, that's hard. At least for the main character, um, I feel like nothing as you is as universal as uh, mental health problems, depression, suicide, and molestation. So I don't think that that affects any uh, particular segment of the world, i.e. the first world, <laughs> disproportionate to the rest of the world. Um, I think all of those things are very prevalent human problems. And I appreciate them being <laughs> delved into <laughs> yeah. on screen. Um in a way that was accessible and uh yeah i think some of the other stuff like the going to high school and mm-hmm. uh trying to get into where you're going to high school and trying to date this guy that you think is cool and i think all of that is is a bit more first world problems mm-hmm. but um yeah can we yeah. like Stop legitimately using first world problems. I don't mind the like sarcastic uses of first world problems, but like rating this and legitimately complaining that <laughs> of f- first world like like humans have problems. Like you don't have to try to <laughs> put them in a hierarchy. Yeah, you don't have to try to rate your problem compared to somebody else's problem. Like they're they're all problems. They're <laughs> they're all problems. They're all problems. <laughs> Also, when you're going to like a teen coming of age movie, probably what, expecting what some problems of that. are you expecting? <laughs> I, yeah, like I think this had more serious problems than you would probably expect of your absolutely. average teen coming of age movie. Like I wouldn't want uh, to tell a 17 year old, "Don't worry about not being able to get into the school that you wanted to go to." In the grand scheme of things, it's not going to matter that much. In the grand scheme of things, it's a first world problem. Yeah, like that's not very. <laughs> Don't be sad about that. <laughs> that's not very helpful. She wanted to go to Penn State, like she could have gone to a community college, but it was the '90s. They didn't have student loan debt crisis at that point. Yeah, shoot for the stars, kid. It was probably hard to get loans in the '90s. Now you just say, I'm going to school, and they're like, here's $100,000 in debt. Have fun. Have fun. Paying this back. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even ask how much you need. They give you more than you need. It was fun. You were in college, and you're like, oh, I've got like four grand left over on my loan. Sweet. Sweet. Time to hit up Rashida's. And, and now yourself, a decade later, is like, I didn't need an extra four grand of <laughs> <laughs> student loan debts. <laughs> Wish I had that four grand back. All right, so... Check. A little more merited than the uh, IMDb reviewer led us to believe, but check. Um, so uh, you thought there would be the uh, woke group who one of them or multiple of them decide not to be so cynical about everything. And then they get upset in a way. They live their separate lives for a while and then are back together by the end. 
I mean, loosely, pretty good. So, <laughs> so that dynamic, like storytelling wise, where they separated, came back together after being separated for a little bit of time, that definitely panned out mm-hmm. how you yeah, would expect you the good. arc of the story to go to. Um, but I don't think I really nailed the like woke, uh, like 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 quote unquote woke, cynical. Yeah, and then like let's not. I actually want to have fun at this dance. It was like they they were more mm-hmm. of the like kind of over it. Like I I'm feel like have fun they're if I yeah have exactly. Fun. I was gonna say I think they're they're not the too cool for school kids. They're the kids who realize that we're only gonna be in school for a while. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to dance silly at this mm-hmm. <laughs> Sadie Hawkins dance, whatever. Yeah. So, um, but I think the, the Mary Elizabeth character kind of pulls in that, uh, that dynamic that yes. you were sort of intuiting might, might be there. The Mae Whitman character. Definitely. Um, but yeah, but the rest of the structure, you like nailed Justin. They go apart, <laughs> come back together. <laughs> Uh, that's the, uh, yeah, that's the structure for the YA, YA high school standalone, like, mm-hmm. novel. Like, the, the YA novel that it is, like, not a fantasy novel. Yeah, it's not a like dystopian non, thriller. <laughs> yeah, the non-dystopian, non-fantasy, non-vampires. Just the school coming of age. Yes. <laughs> Like the classic YA. Mm-hmm. There was even you also got the dance scene. Yeah, which yeah. was an important moment. It was like the catalyst of their. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, I'd like to thank the art on the box of the DVD for properly providing me the context <laughs> for which to make guesses about what this film is about. So one of the things you noticed right away about the cover art was that uh, the main character, Charlie, played by Logan Lerman, uh, is wearing a suit mm-hmm. <laughs> on the cover. And that, that ended up being like a nice little plot device. Yeah, did you like that? I did. That was fun. <laughs> and I like how uh, I, we had that whole discussion about like the weird kid in school that wears... Uh-huh, the suit, the, the suit to, the, like weirdly to formal school. outfit, <laughs> and uh, and that he decided to wear it to school, and then Paul Rudd, who also Paul Rudd was in it, spoiler, yeah, playing the uh, cool English teacher, which is really the role that Paul Rudd was, was born, born to, to play. play, right? Everything about everything that Paul Rudd has been in is cool English, English teacher. teacher. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but yeah, like Paul Rudd's walking by him is like, "You're about to have a bad day." <laughs> <laughs> Kind of ribbing him for wearing the suit to school. If you weren't watching along with us, um, Charlie is given a suit as a secret Santa gift by his friends because that's what all the great writers wear. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they give him a suit and he wears it to school. And I thought, I thought, and maybe this is a bad joke to make him why it wasn't in the movie or presumably the book. But I thought they were also going to make, uh, like, a depression and writer's joke, too. <laughs> like, all the great wi- all the great wi- writers are depressed, Charlie. That, that actually would have kind of seemed, like, on brand for uh, the Ezra Miller character. Yes. Like, be like, you know, you're 
right on your way to being a regular. Yeah, you're well on time. <laughs> Hospitalized for depression, and you have a sweet suit. You're going to be one heck of a writer. writer. <laughs> I think that could have... I think the Patrick character could have gotten away with that. Uh, so how about the rest of your your rankings of the characters was Ezra Miller Patrick the least important character um I think in a lot of ways him and Emma Watson's character were equally important um was he more important than the cover art made you think he was gonna be with that text ramming into his hair no he was still kind of third Third wheeling it in some ways (laughs) like he was the closer friend to charlie but charlie wanted to be closer to emma watson who doesn't like (laughs) that's true the the only thing is they had emma watson going to penn state when everybody knows that emma watson went to brown that's true plot hole plot hole (laughs) also it was 1992 (laughs) Uh, and emma watson would have been like two (laughs) yep to have been uh, your age. It's true. Oh, you and Emma Watson. Uh, while we're on the topic <laughs> of Emma Watson. <laughs> yes. What did you think? First time since Harry Potter. I feel like watching her, like, I feel like there's another movie I've seen her in. I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's another movie with Emma Watson, not in a British accent, that I've seen her in. Yeah, old Emma. There are there are times where the British just can't be kept out. Yeah, I do think she had a little bit of difficulty uh, with some of her like vowel vowel to R sounds. Yeah, no, there's nothing. I haven't seen her in anything. Guess just trailers or something. That's the best. That's the best I got. Trailers, trailers, or something. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah, no, none of this looks familiar. Maybe it just feels so familiar. Yeah, because (laughs) it is Hermione. Hermione. Yep. When I um, when this first came out, I remember my friend being like, saying that she wished they had just come up with some sort of in world excuse. For, for her, her to, to be British, have a British accent, yeah, because uh, they they found the like, I d- the lapses so distracting. I did think that they were gonna somehow go there and when, make her British. So it was before she had been introduced as a character. I didn't. I I knew there was gonna be some sort of introduction to the character, um, and he Charlie sits down in Paul Rudd's English class. Uh, and Paul Rudd's like, England, turn of the century. And I was like, is is he gonna be like? And we have an our e- new an, our new English student, <laughs> our new foreign exchange <laughs> exactly. student, all the way from Brisbane, Brisbane. Is, is there a Brisbane in England? Where's that Australia? Probably. There's pro. I mean, most. <laughs> Most most cities exist. Most city names that you could come up with. Like like I feel like all of the like like uh like Salem. There's a Salem mm-hmm. in Oregon, a Salem, Massachusetts, and I think both of them get their name from a Salem Salem in England. Mm-hmm. So if there's a there's a Brisbane in Australia, 
there's not a bad chance that there's a Brisbane in Salem might be a bad bad choice. <laughs> I don't know if there is a Salem. Salem. <laughs> uh, yeah. But like New York, York, you know, mm-hmm. York is a place. Yeah. Uh, there's other examples like this too. Yeah. Oxford, Connecticut, right? There's an Oxford, Connecticut. <laughs> there's there an is. Oxford in <laughs> England. Settle down, Guinness. Where, where do you want to lay so you can stop jingling? <laughs> Just like boop. It <laughs> boops the microphone. So in your opinion, was it worth it to... Did her performance make up for it? her being a suspiciously British? Do you think anybody could have... So I don't want to fault the author, screenwriter, director... Oh yeah, maybe we should mention that. Yeah, this the author that wrote the original book in like the nineties. Yes. Um, also wrote the screenplay, which is a whole different process translating it to the screen, and also directed the movie. Um, and I will say that I think there were some things specifically the performances of Logan Lerman and Emma Watson that uh, could like, I feel like there were certain, certain parts, certain little things that they were doing that could have been a little bit more pulled out or demonstrative or like, I think the more experienced mm-hmm. director may have gotten a little bit more at certain parts in the movie mm-hmm. out of the actors. Because both of them, up until that point point in their careers, were still... Um, pretty young. Still pretty young, but but like had a lot of experience mm-hmm. being directed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if... Um, if some of the things... Like some of Charlie's reactions or lack of reactions felt like they didn't read the strongest mm-hmm. on screen. And like maybe it's the most authentic to how the writer envisioned it when he wrote the page. But I don't know if it translates the best on mm-hmm. screen. I think that, that that could have been like that. That's very uh, maybe authentically the person that he had in his mind. But there were a few things that were like, I don't know, like maybe a, a second pair of eyes mm-hmm. on the for, translating the source material yeah. to screen. I think there might be a little bit of sort of like when you're writing something and you have this vast knowledge of the characters in the mm-hmm. world, and sometimes you forget that everybody doesn't have access to that same mm-hmm. knowledge to draw from. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting point you watching it having not read the book as compared to i remember when i went to see it in the theaters in the cinema uh when i (laughs) saw it when it first came out i didn't realize that the author had written the screenplay and directed it and i remember feeling watching it like it was the best like book to movie Mm. that i had seen like it took out 
it left in all the important stuff where it needed to make cuts like they came from really good places and then seeing that it was him i was like oh that well that makes sense it's right he knows, <laughs> who knows better what's important and what's not right and he knows what the heart of the story is so he's not going to cut something that people are going to be like oh but that was such an important like part of understanding why you know mm-hmm. where sometimes in in book to movies uh like the harry potter books are a great <laughs> example since, since we got emma watson like a lot of times the complaint in the Harry Potter books is uh, there's no way to to translate all of the stuff that's happening in the character's mind mm-hmm. to screen. And like that is so much of the explanation for like character motivation. Mm-hmm. So on screen, it ends up playing really shallow and like superficial, but like um, like Half-Blood Prince is maybe the worst of the movies. And it's just like an enthralling book as you're just like reading like through the perspective of of the characters trying to to suss out like their feelings for each other and like they're coming to grips with like the way the world of wizarding (laughs) wizards yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think that's a really good point though that the author being the the screenplay writer Mm -hmm. and the director while it has that benefit of really being able to identify the important things might not have the distance from it to really get those things that somebody who has who's just coming in and watching it not reading the book mm-hmm. might not get from <laughs> mm-hmm. from Logan Lerman's eyebrows. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't feel like any one aspect of that was too distracting. Um, but, but I do, uh, I did think that like, there was like certain parts that like were written cheesily, but then when, when it was delivered, I like literally eye rolled and looked over at you, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, so it was like, oh man, that was, that was what bad. Was the, oh, the, when Emma Watson just wants oh, to yes. kiss Logan Lerman, you were like, oh, yeah, it was like barf. <laughs> it, was, it was like the uh I know that you know that I like Carl Craig. Craig. <laughs> you gone. But I just want pause. Director's note. Can you put in just a little bit of British? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> okay, keep going. But, but I just want your first kiss to be from somebody who loves you and then they kiss and i feel like did you feel like you had more of a reaction to this as somebody who was once a freshman boy and imagining the coolest senior girl you know no <laughs> giving you that <laughs> i feel like that it, mind flay it just like doesn't uh yeah, I feel like there's two problems. That one, it's just not when it's like that oddly contrived. Like it just mm-hmm. feels weird. Yeah. And the other problem was exactly that of like uh clearly has mental health problems to begin with. Um I don't know. I want I guess I wanted some in-world recognition of like maybe like attacking this child's mind 
that was kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah. It's like, maybe this isn't the, the route to go. I don't know. Uh, and then later, everybody gets mad at him when he kisses Emma Watson instead of I know. Mae Whitman. It's like, yeah. hey, she told me she loved me. And kiss, kiss me. me. Yeah. And everyone's mad. <laughs> yeah. So. Speaking of that scene with Emma Watson, Baby J, your nipple watch, 2K19, <laughs> your predictions coming in hot. <laughs> One and a half nipples. <laughs> right on the money. <laughs> uh, what can I say? It's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> it also might have just been some weird shadow and uh I think it's the sweater. The, the sweater, yeah. The sweater. That high cut in, you know, the nineties where you would you'd have the, the turtleneck mm-hmm. that was sleeveless, so you couldn't wear a bra. But I've gotta reiterate, no exposed areola it was just all behind a sweater all behind a sweater (laughs) you can watch this with your children (laughs) (laughs) uh as long as you feel fine about having honest discussions about mental health and child predation (laughs) which you should (laughs) (laughs) yeah which you probably should be having those discussions um yes what's next (laughs) Um, so Justin, did you like this? We'll start with, did you like this movie? Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? How did it compare to how you thought you were going to feel about it? I think in some ways I liked it more and in some ways I liked it less. What did you like more? Like, I think I liked the depth of it more. But if I were to add a second scale on, like, how much fun was it to watch, I think the heaviness with which it went makes it a lot less rewatchable for me. You're adopting the baby K scale. I am. (laughs) I am. I'm having to... Now I know if you watch certain types of movies, you have to start disassociating your... (laughs) How much you like the movie versus how uh, much you want to watch it. How much you want to watch it. <laughs> we we're discussing this yeah. like, this idea. Um, I th- I think the really the best example we've kind of come up with is that first episode of Chernobyl. Of <laughs> yeah. like this is very good. This it's is ob- very compelling. This is objectively very good and very compelling. And it's horrific to watch. I, I don't it, know that I want to watch this. It's just like mind numbing. And, like, so painful, and you're like, why, like, how, like, I can't imagine being a human being mm-hmm. living through the circumstances that these human beings are All living right. through. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to think about it too much. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would agree with you that it it does have, was that a lot heavier than you were expecting yes. it to come yes, in? Yes, it was significantly heavier than I expected it to be. And I thought, like, the depth that we were getting to was just, like, his own suicidal thoughts because of his best friend committing suicide. But then it was like, Oh no, there's like a whole root cause here of like suppressed memories of being molested. So there's sort of little, uh, breadcrumb sort of sprinkled, uh, throughout that kind of hint at the, the, like you say, the root cause of sort of why Mm -hmm. he, 
thinks of certain things the way that he does um, and is sort of perceiving his friendships in his world in this way. When did you, not knowing where it was going, first mm-hmm. time ever being introduced to this plot line, when did you put together the breadcrumbs into a baguette? Um, when I turned to you and said, was he molested by his aunt? You actually said auntie. It was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you feel like that reveal was done well, or did you feel like you as a I don't viewer would have benefited from having that information? I feel like it's... I don't know how they could have done it in the movie. Like, I do feel like that's something that is probably much better in the book. Um, in the movie, it just feels like, like, because he keeps replaying Emma Watson touching his leg, and I'm like, yeah, I would be replaying Emma Watson touching <laughs> my leg. Right? Like, like you're like, yeah, I get... Oh, no. <laughs> and then, like, the ant is, like, touching his leg, and then you're like, like, does he just really miss his aunt? Or is that not an appropriate ant hand leg touch? It was was one of those things where, Uh like, I wanted, as soon as that, that was the first and only time that that idea popped into my head. Uh And And you were like, am I the weirdo for thinking this? And, yeah, I wanted to, like, instantly dispel whether or not that was the case by throwing that out to you. And you're like, yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Okay, I got this. Okay. Uh, Awkward, yeah. Like, didn't. Did not, yeah, had zero anticipation mm-hmm. of that being where it was going to go until the moment it did. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, okay. But then it also felt like I didn't get any closure about his best friend. Like, like the, the like. so I think in some ways, and maybe it's different in the book, that that, like, then undercut the other thing that it, like, mm-hmm. propped up as an issue. Yeah. Um which in some ways does seem to rank like tr- certain traumas above other traumas, but uh, which I did I is I'm almost a, it is definitely not the intention of the author. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it, it 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 did leave me feeling a bit like. Um, but what about his friend? Yeah, like <laughs> what happened? To which him? which I understand he's writing letters to the friend. Right, like that's who he's writing the letters to. Uh, it's never. I would say that's like a common interpretation. It's just. It's never directly. Yeah, said who the, he's addressing the letters to. In the book, it's just very second person. E of like your. It's the book is laid out as if you're only getting the letters. Oh, okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. So that's all in hmm. letter form. Um, so yet that I would say that's a common interpretation of that the letters are written uh, to the friend who commits suicide. But it's also like I've also heard a lot that like it's to the reader. <laughs> like it's it's you who sure. is picking up this book. You are Charlie's friend who is with him on this uh, journey of growing up. Yeah. Meeting friends. Okay. I accept it. <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> he wants to know more about the friend, Stephen Chabsky. Chabsky? I don't know how his last name is pronounced. Who? The author. <laughs> oh, yes. 
Steven Chbosky. Tweet us. What happened to Charlie's friend? We want to know. I want closure. <laughs> we need closure on Charlie's friend. Um, do you have a favorite line? Um, yeah, I think Paul Rudd's words of wisdom are yeah. <laughs> are really memorable. Like people choose the love that they think they deserve or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. Settle for the love they think they deserve. Which I think I've heard that before. Yeah, like, except, like mm-hmm. I think it's it's out there in the zeitgeist in the now. Zeitgeist, it is. <laughs> so, um, can I tell and, you? And I think that it it did a good job of uh, circling back around and getting used. Like, mm-hmm. like um, I liked that uh, Charlie is asking that question of Paul Rudd in a way that's applying to multiple people that he cares about in his life. Mm-hmm. And um, like his sister with his, with his sister's abusive ponytail. But dweeby. dweeby. Abusive but dweeby boyfriend. Boyfriend. Um, and um, the Emma Watson character. And, but then he's able to, to, so he's asking that of Paul Rudd. And Paul Rudd gives him the line, and he's able to like internalize that and use that later in the movie. The one thing I will say that's weird, though, is because like when he used that line, it felt very uh, cyclical. Felt mm-hmm. like everything had gone in a circle. Mm-hmm. It was very resolvatory. Yeah. <laughs> Rev- res- I don't know if. Felt resolved. Um, <laughs> and then there's this whole trailing act. Mm-hmm. Like the pacing toward at the end felt odd and I don't know how to fix mm-hmm. it. You know? Yeah. Like that, that really hits me really odd wh- where it's like a false ending and then the trailing of all of this like important character development stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, actually, here's all of the character stuff. Yeah at the very end, like in the last mm-hmm. 15 minutes, 10 minutes of the show. Yeah. I, maybe I even less than that, maybe like seven minutes crammed together. Seven heavy minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. It's like, like it, and she got into the thing and, and they kissed and he maybe spent the night there and like, like everything's great and she's leaving. And then seven minutes just un- unraveling and maybe that's supposed to feel that way. Maybe that's supposed to be emblematic of like the way the mental health issues work is like it, all it takes is just that little bit of like of a trigger. And then, thing. and then like as soon as you're back by yourself, it's that obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. spiral thought. Yeah. Uh, turtles all the way down. If you will, uh, that, that leads you down that mm-hmm. destructive path. That's fine. But in the context of a story, yeah, it does feel very abrupt. Yeah. Did it feel a little, I was going to say if it felt a little jarring of like, Oh, it felt like we were wrapping up here yeah. and everybody was getting something happy. It and felt now, like in the end, now this kid's going to kill himself. <laughs> What's happening? I know. Yes. Yeah. It, going back to the, um, accepting the love we think we deserve and how cyclical it felt with all the characters. I always like to, that it also feels like it applies to Charlie and like the way he's like always so giving with his friends and Emma Watson even sort of confronts him on that. Of Like you can't just mm-hmm. always be putting everybody 
ahead of yourself and think that's you loving them. Um, and I also thought not in any way that like victims should feel compelled to empathize with their abusers, but I think it also kind of indicates Charlie while being obviously traumatized, but also kind of aware because he talks about like, oh, like he tells him Watson that same thing happened, happened to you, happened to my aunt. And sort he seems sort of aware of that like circle mm. of abuse and almost feels, well, he hates the aunt. He also feels somehow like empathetic of mm-hmm. the things that had come before in her life and the love that she thought she deserved that put them all on this path. So again, I liked that sort of cyclical of all, all these people come together, but again, not that (laughs) victims ever (laughs) need to feel that way. But in the, in the context of this character, I thought it was a compelling idea that he could have sort of both those feelings about a family member at the same time. Yeah. I think that also goes along with earlier, early in the movie and early in the book, he writes to the friend about, uh, how he always feels happy and sad at how he always feels happy and sad at the same time and he's still trying to figure out how that can be I think that is also sort of playing into that same thing of having these two mm-hmm. contrasting understandings um, and trying to come to terms with those two things being concurrent in his mind um, alright baby J mm-hmm. what would you rank the perks of being a wallflower as a movie scale? Sorry, can you ask that again? <laughs> what would I rank the perks of being a wallflower movie scale? <laughs> as a movie, like overall, your overall scale. Okay. Not your watchability scale. How would you rank this movie overall? Well, when you said how would you rank, I was expecting it like amongst the other movies. Oh, no, so I was no. thinking about that. I was going to do the numbers like... first and then the ranks last. I was like, wait. Okay, sorry. Uh, what would you give it on a scale of one to ten as uh, overall? I can't remember what I rated the previous movies. I feel like I gave Stand By Me like probably like an eight. Probably gave Friends With Kids like a seven. Probably gave Bring It On like a four. If you give it like a two. Two? Sounds good. <laughs> um, I'm going to say a seven. Seven. All right. And what would you give this movie on a watchability scale? Um, One to ten. It's hard for me to divorce these still. Even after everything I just said, this one it seems like you really got it. Like you were like, it all makes sense to me now. <laughs> it, it it does, but I feel like there's a different like if this number is standing out there for as my representation of if you have not seen this movie, the watchability of it, mm. and that's how I think of this. That's true. So number. those are almost two different scales. The like watchability <laughs> of how likely am I to like watch this movie again? That's that should be the likely, rewatchability. That should rewatchability as compared to like how much do you think somebody else yeah. should watch this? I feel like the rewatchability is like uh six. Okay. Yeah, but I feel like the watchability is like a seven. Like it's congruent with like the quality of the movie but once you know like how heavy it goes 
like your desire to rewatch it, I feel like drops dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's not a place most people like living Wanna in. Want to hang out <laughs> in? Poor traumatized child. Yeah. So yes, that's all right. I want to go back to real quickly. Circle back to uh, we talked earlier about like the type of humor in in the realm of teen movies. How did you feel about the humor in this movie? Was there enough for you? Uh, yeah. The only thing I did not get, and I still don't get, and I feel like could have been something completely different was that this band of friends somehow (laughs) operated a successful business venture in a large theater space selling weekly tickets to showings of the Rocky Horror Picture (laughs) Show as, like, 16-year-olds. There were some exposed underage areolas in the... In some male ones, yes. Um, uh, yeah, so I guess our nipple count is off. Um, yeah, you were really shook by that. You're like, well, how are these underage children like operating a professional theater playing Rocky Horror Picture Show? And they're like, oh, but I've got to go to college, so like maybe you can do this next year. And it's like, do what? Operate maybe a like, theater company? Like, you have a maybe full-time like job. a weird tradition in this town that they just get some kids from the local high school to do the Rocky but Horror screening. But they weren't screening. even theater kids. Like, they were just kids. Like One of them did have a Rocky Horror Picture Show fanzine, though. So That's one thing. Like, that's just something you're just, like, typing up in the basement and running through a photocopier. Um, yeah, I just did not get, like, I understood the, and and I've heard that Emma Watson quote too, like after they toast him, I feel like that's something I've seen like memefied to some degree of like, welcome to the Island of misfit toys. uh And, uh, that was a little bit eye rolling too. Yeah. Um, and I guess like that's the type of people that are like drawn into something like the Rocky Horror Picture Show to like that depth. Um, like I can understand like an, enjoying a showing of Rocky Horror Picture Show, but like uh, to put on a whole professional troupe dedicated to nightly performances of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. No wonder she got such a bad SAT score. <laughs> I know. I know. She was. <laughs> living uh two lives one was a high schooler and one was a professional rocky horror <laughs> picture show uh performer one line that always bothered me was uh when they're talking about studying for the sats and i know that they do it to try to like really hit home that emma watson's character was wild in earlier in high school and she's like come around the corner and respects herself now or something but when she gets her srat results and she says i wish i would have studied more freshman year i'm like no freshmen are studying right for, for the their SATs. sats like you could have just said like i i wish i would have studied more and yeah that would have been fine you didn't need to place your studying during your wilden years yeah definitely <laughs> also was she molested by her dad's boss yes like they just kind of throw that out there cash and he's just like oh okay 
and like that doesn't trigger like like that's before you know that yeah. he's been molested well that's when you get the first nugget about the aunt because he yeah. tells her oh my aunt that same thing happened to her and she turned her life around and but yeah but it's it's just so cash and 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 she uses that as an excuse to like as to like why she's been wild and mm-hmm. and it's unclear whether what he's talking about is molestation or yeah. wild and I think it's I think it's on the way it's which again this might be something of like a an an inexperienced a green director yeah. I I would agree that the way it's played in the movie makes it a little unclear as to whether Emma Watson's character has like recognized that as like, Oh, that was inappropriate. And mm-hmm. I was molested. Or if she was just like, you know, I was wild in when I was young. And I know. Making out with my dad's boss. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, unclear. Yeah. It definitely felt unclear. It was like, Oh, that's just part of being wild. Is like, <laughs> Being like a 13-year-old making out with grown men. You need to go to therapy, Emma Watson. Who are you, Jeffrey Epstein? Okay, on that (laughs) that note, that was just, uh, that was too easy of a joke. Too easy. Easy pickings. Oh, well. All right. Um, So where would you rank this, going back? So, Justin, how we've watched four, well, we've watched eight. I have made you watch your spouse, me, your wife. (laughs) Yes. Has made you... You you follow? It's um, me. Yeah, I understand you. Yes. <laughs> Has made you watch four movies up until this point. Mm-hmm. Stand by me, mm-hmm. another classic coming of age movie. Bring it on, the teen movie that I hope I've redeemed myself for with this, <laughs> and Friends with Kids, and now Perks of Being a Wallflower. How would you rank these movies amongst each other? One being your favorite, four being your least favorite. I would say Stand By Me. Um, and next would be Friends with Kids. Um, the rewatchability on Friends with Kids, we didn't do the rating on that before, but the rewatchability on Friends with Kids feels high. Mm-hmm. Like it feels maybe a notch higher than the quality of movie that it is. Yeah. Because it just it's it, it's kind of fun yeah. the way it's that they they banter well together mm-hmm. and then it's a happy ending so like it's cool like it's that, not gonna make you feel sad like this yeah. one at the end yeah that's like <laughs> I could see that being like a movie that if you're sick at home that you would love to watch yeah I could see definitely. that definitely I could see that um, and then Perks of Being Wallflower obviously I'm third in a close third getting knocked down by the sadness yes getting knocked down by the the heaviness and uh i think that that's it bring it on bringing up the rear <laughs> i didn't even mention it on I purpose know. You were like, <laughs> i was waiting for you to be like you didn't you didn't uh right bring it on but you just favorite. you just favorite. ignored it you just <laughs> ignored my my shade i breezed right past that shade i'm used to it <laughs> <laughs> do you think there's a movie out there that i could make you watch that would rank lower than bring it on so of the movies you've made me watch before we started this venture what other movies have i made you watch I would have to say that on this rating, 
You can bring the switch into this. Which one's the switch? It's the one with Jason Bateman and baby Jason Bateman. Oh, no, that one was fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that one was fun. Uh, it's a silly premise, but but uh, that would be above Bring It On. Um, <laughs> How could Jason Bateman I know. not be? How can you... Any movie with Jason Bateman, the ending was garbage, but the it was just like, well... I guess we're going to be together now. And you're like, okay. Um, uh, this is not a, the Switch movie podcast. Uh, I was just going to say Double Daddy would probably be below. Bring it on. What? All right. Thanks for That's watching. Funny. No. <laughs> thanks for watching. Uh <gasps> Katie, do you want to know what you're watching next time? I feel so mad. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Double Daddy is a masterpiece. Would you have Double Daddy says. above Bring It On on your list? Yes. <laughs> yes. I would put Double Daddy above a lot of things on my list. Well, maybe on one re- day. On the rewatchability scale. Double Daddy is hilarious. It's insane. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe one day you'll get the chance to talk more about Double Daddy. In the meantime. In the meantime. If you want to see for yourself, I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime still. So <laughs> Double Daddy, check it out. All right. Well, make sure you follow Guinness on Instagram. At a pup named Guinness. That's Guinness with two N's and two S's. All right. Thanks for listening. And good night.